0: Hi, I'm Jonathan Mann. And I'm Matt Condon. And this is Digitally Rare, a show about digitally owned things and what the heck that means now and in the future.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited to have uh, Brady on the podcast today. Um, I think I last saw you at ETH Denver, um, where you were performing as a musician performing in vr which definitely blew my mind um but you're the you're the community manager at uh, district 0x yep yes i
2: am yeah can what
1: does what that uh what does that end up meaning like what what does what that uh what does your day-to-day look like um, what sort of projects are, are you involved with and is sure. this how we
0: pronounce it district 0x is that y- y- yes is that, that would is be that the proper pronunciation.
2: Yes, that would be the correct one. It is actually in the dictionary. District, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I'm always like, is it district docs dis, oh. dis, district docs? or I, like, I, I usually
1: don't know. do this this thing where all the zero x projects, I used, I just shorten them as ox. So, ox, yeah. Or ox, um, right. So, like ox project, you like when I type that out, I mentally say ox project, and I'm like, that's yeah. not a project about oxen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, the, I guess the, the proper one would be District Zero X, but uh, I hear a lot of people say OX and um, D Zero X, which is Docs. <laughs> I have a I have a proposal for
1: District Zero X. Could I Could I create a district um, called Ox District OX, which is a district for oxen <laughs> for oxes, oxen for oxen? yeah, for oxen, yes. yeah. Um, where where all of the oxen in the world can decentrally collaborate. Oh, Ollie,
0: Ollie, oxen free.
1: <laughs> well, they would be free. They would they be would entirely be self-sovereign Decentralized, now. yeah. Yeah. Well-
2: <laughs> to, be, to be fair, anyone can submit a, a district proposal. We actually have that on on our GitHub under district proposals, so you could. You but the community okay. does vote on these things, so <laughs> you mm. would have to gain some. You would have to like campaign for this and try to convince everyone.
0: Matt, I think with your stature in the community, you could. You
1: could yeah, I mean, it. it it seems like it's a win win for everyone though. <laughs> an ox district ox.
2: I think it sounds more like more like a win for the, the oxen themselves, right. but I yeah. Mean, that depends on the structure.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of oxen. That's a lot of voting power. Actually, I have no idea how many oxen there are. Is that are they still a they, thing?
2: How do they hold I... tokens? <laughs> With
1: their uh, adorable little hooves, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> or epic. on their horns,
0: or yeah, yeah, yeah the, the little tokens. bell around their neck. Yeah, yeah, the there the, the bell is the
1: wallet, and that's why right. you can hear the coins jingling.
2: <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> Brady, could you expl- So, could you start just maybe by explaining what District Zero X is, and then talk about maybe what your uh, maybe t- maybe talk a little bit about your background, like how you got into crypto, and then and then what what is Distri- District District Zero X, and and what do you do as a community manager?
2: Sure, sure, yeah. So, so starting from the top, there, uh, I'll kind of go into some of the history how I got started. Um, I've been into crypto since about 2011 when I really dove into Bitcoin. Uh, I saw it a little bit before that but kind of just passed up on it and didn't really think about it. And then in 2011 I actually read the white paper and uh, pretty much fell in love with the idea of where the world was probably going to head and fell down that rabbit hole many people do. And uh, I saw a lot of potential ideas, especially in the creative world, because I'm a musician. So uh, it uh, sucked me in for some new creative possibilities there. Uh, then I started, after really diving in, uh, started doing consulting work because I had dove in a little too deep. So then you become a consultant. <laughs> and, uh <laughs> Then I started doing consulting work for a few law firms here and there, and uh, individuals. And uh, then uh, after doing independent consulting, I was hired on at Coinbase doing operational work and customer support. And then after about a year and a half, roughly, I uh, joined their regulatory compliance team and started digging into the compliance world of cryptocurrency wow. and blockchain. And uh, that sounds like a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah that, that sounds like
0: I, a whole. Other can of worms, yeah. Yeah,
2: I decided to go about as deep as you can down the rabbit hole and uh, realized, uh, you know, regulatory compliance, it's it's good to have a good foundation there, but um, I decided I wanted to kind of take a different direction, so I left Coinbase and uh, then started here at uh, District 0x helping build this because i kind of, my interest is in marketplaces and job creation and... Uh, a lot of what we're doing at District Zero X, which is marketplaces. So I guess that'll, that really leads into what we're doing at District Zero X. And it's really a community of community marketplaces. So hmm. the community marketplaces, most people are familiar with, of course, are like Uber, Airbnb, um, eBay, uh, Upwork and, um, Uh, Elance, which we, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. our first actual district was Ethlance, which is a play on the Elance (laughs) name. So, um, but yeah, that that was really the first district, and it inspired a lot of the general framework that we're using for upcoming districts. So, you know, posting, listing, searching, filtering, ranking, reputation, invoicing, pretty much everything you'd expect from any kind of uh, community marketplace. Uh, so we use that general framework and are reusing it for new types of marketplaces. And the second one we did was uh, Name Bazaar, which is mm-hmm. an EN- pretty much one-stop shop for everything you need for ENS names. Uh, that includes like registering new names, managing your names, buying and selling names, uh, pretty much everything you would need for ENS. Can we pause on ENS really quick? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I, I I'm I've been confused a little bit about like what the how do I use, you know if I want to get, you know my name or whatever what how how, how am I going to use that in in uh, in this world in a real world sense. In, the, in this in this <laughs> yeah in this new the question. In, yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's not a, that's not a, that's that's a question that's still sort of up for
1: debate.
2: It's a good question. That's a great question, really.
1: I mean, the question of how do we use this in our day to day lives is yeah. a great question. We should be asking ourselves every <laughs> I, every time we see something.
2: <laughs> I can actually add to that on how yeah. I actually use it personally. Um, but it's kind of cool that I've seen many other use cases, and the ENS mm-hmm, team mm-hmm. themselves are developing a lot of interesting new use cases. But for me. Uh, i have a lot of family members and some of which are a lot younger and uh i i think it was a lot easier to tell them hey send, send eth to brady.eth uh. instead of like this long string of letters and numbers oh. that w- opens a big conversation so that right. d- just that alone was really cool but it's it's unfortunate that not all the wallets really support it you have to actually yeah. use a wallet that supports it so that's, does metamask
1: but, does metamask support it does It does recently yeah mm-hmm. they recently okay. did that yeah interesting. Yeah. And so they um so for background the ens at its basic level is just a it's a contract it's a set of contracts um that just keep track of your you know brady.eth and point that to something else. And so that something else could be another Ethereum contract or a website URL or whatever. And so, um, yeah, like if you wanna shorten anything or make it more readable, or really just use it as a registry, because um, you can use it for all sorts of things, not just um, like uh, domain names in a sense.
2: Very extensible.
1: Right, yeah, so it's a really powerful um, concept. That sounds so, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm, I'm very excited for being able to use it for username registration. Right. Um, and this is something that Aragon is already doing, where when you spin up a DAO, um, you pick a an Aragon ID, and that, that mm-hmm. is your organizational username, and mm-hmm. it's available at um, my username dot Aragon hyphen ID and, and, and is so, that an ENS? That's an ENS. Yep. That's an ENS, okay. ENS name. I yep. see. Yep. Interesting. And so you can okay. Then go I get it. Yeah, you can send money to that. You can, right. if you get a transaction from that, you can do a reverse lookup and say, hey, is this address um, a valid Aragon DAO? And you can go look it up in the ENS thing and says, oh, look, there's
2: its name. You can uh, also connect them to IPFS content addresses.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, that's cool. And so cool. you can use this for domain names with MetaMask and Portal Network. So if you have MetaMask installed and then just type in like brady.eth, uh, well, it goes to a contract, so I guess it won't really do anything. But um, if it pointed to a website or an IPFS link, it would then redirect you to that. Um, so that's pretty cool. And so it's basically replacing, uh, you know, DNS, the Google.com, in that sense.
0: Okay, I'm sold. Con- please, please, <laughs> con- please continue. I get it. I, I have ideas now. Now I have ideas. And uh, okay, so 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 there's there's a district that's dealing with ENS, which is really cool. Right. What 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 are, what are some of the other districts that are that are on there?
2: So the next one that we have coming up is Meme Factory, which is, is allowing you to make things digitally rare. And, right. Uh, that's roll uh, credits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. It's over, folks. <laughs> that's it. Thank you. Um. So. Coming so. Okay. In. So. So Meme Factory. A few things I want to say about Meme Factory or ask and say about Meme Factory is some. Um, one thing is that I have two friends I have three friends, three really good friends from college that. Um, had slash have a performance group called Meme Factory that they've been ah. um, performing under since, so like the <laughs> like 2008, 2000. Aqua hired them.
1: <laughs> um,
0: Patrick Davison, Stephen Bruckert, and uh, Mike Rignetta. Mike Rignetta, he also of Idea Channel, PBS's Idea Channel on YouTube. Oh, very fun. popular Former YouTube channel. But, um, yeah, they they used to do these really like fast paced, amazing performances, uh, talking about meme culture, and they did a huge Kickstarter for a book in like two thousand thirteen that still is <laughs> is not out yet. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but they're really cool, and every time I hear Meme Factory, I think of them.
2: But that's cool. I'll have to ch- have to check that out. Yeah,
0: yeah. Please do. Um, it's it's really great. But Meme Factory. The district reminds me a bit of of what uh, what archetype was attempting to do. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear how how it's similar to archetype um, and and how it diverges from what they were um, attempting. Sure.
2: Sure. Um, I did. Uh look briefly into what they were doing um i don't know uh it's been a little bit when they first started doing the project is when i looked into it so i don't yeah. know was where a while it's evolved ago. since then yeah mm-hmm. it's dead mm-hmm.
0: now it's it's gone now oh yeah. that's a
1: that's a shame i was shed a tear yeah it's it, it was a bummer it was a real bummer um one of my favorite stickers is from the archetype uh founder it's the cryptocurrency is not a crime sticker on the back of my laptop <laughs> Yeah,
0: nice. it's great. I, I you know, he he decided to focus on his um his like fine art project that he that he's getting a lot of funding for and working on
1: instead. Gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 uh. But the promise of tokenizing memes, I think, is still it, really is exciting. The, it's there. There's yeah.
2: s- there's several projects doing the same type of thing. I think there's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's there's a good several of them that are active at the moment. Uh, and and I can kind of I have looked into most all of them, so I can kind of give some comparisons and contrast between.
0: Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear that. Sure.
1: Well, tell us about District Zero X by itself uh, first, because I, I definitely want to understand or the sure, meme, sure. Factory meme factory. Sure. Sure. Let's yeah.
2: let's kind of give a higher level view. So everyone kind of understands the end goal of why we're doing multiple ones. So mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. there's kind of some confusion there on why we're doing multiple different projects. It's really each one is a small component of the overall network, because while this is a this is going to be a very simple explanation and probably not the best one, but it will get it across to many viewers so they can understand what we're building. Cool. I'm going to use the WordPress example and as and right. a good way to lead in here. So you, you look at WordPress, it's a way for people to create a website. Uh, each WordPress template allows you to easily use a template to create that website. And then you have um, WordPress plugins to extend functionality. Mm-hmm. Uh, District 0x is very similar um, in, in the fact that we're allowing anyone to put up proposals for, for new districts and marketplace ideas. Uh, the districts we're currently launching are very much so templates for people to launch those new Mm -hmm. types of marketplaces. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have auxiliary modules that are very much like WordPress plugins that extend functionality.
1: Got it. What does that look like? So a template here, is that just a template for a two-sided market or would it be a template for like, um, as you know, Uber clone, um, being able to buy and sell
2: Taxis in in time. Sure. Not not, buy and sell taxis, but... (laughs) Not exactly a template for a specific type of market, but more so a template for um, making any type of marketplace you could imagine, which is why we have hundreds of different proposals on our GitHub right now that are anything ranging from uh, music, uh, uh, art-based stuff, um, ride-sharing, house-sharing, even some really abstract stuff and games and and Mm -hmm, pretty mm -hmm. much anything you could think of that has a marketplace component. Uh, So, yeah, that's... uh, like. I said with um, Ethlance, that was the first one. It just has all the basic marketplace components that mm-hmm, you would mm-hmm. expect.
1: Sort by freelancers, find people with reputation, that sort of thing.
2: Right, right. And that's that's what you would expect from any marketplace. You need mm-hmm. ranking, <laughs> reputation, invoicing, all, all that that you see in Ethlance uh, in any marketplace. So that's a template to create a marketplace. Got it. And, and then what we have been building is our overall network architecture. We call D0X Infra, which is just the backend infrastructure to do all this and connect everything and make them very much cross uh, cross functional and compatible. And mm. um, because we're using Closure Script. Uh, Script by itself is a very modular and backwards compatible type development environment. So Mm -hmm. it allows you to, it facilitates developers to create almost like hot swappable, like Lego blocks of code you can just put together and put all this.
1: ClojureScript has some pretty cool, or Script is being used for some pretty cool projects in the Web3 area, like Status and um, the Foam team uses it for a lot of their tooling.
2: Yep. Yep. It's really, really neat. Um, I've been diving in and learning it. I'm not actually a developer myself on the, I'm on the operational side of things, but I do like to dive in and understand things on the technical level as well. Totally because our community is mostly developers because district zero X is very much going to give developers more of an upper hand when they're wanting to build districts before the general public. Mm-hmm. But we do have like this open proposal pro- process for anyone, even if they're not a developer. Hmm. So
1: very cool.
0: Um, so tell us, so tell us about, yeah, tell us about meme factor. I'm very, very, very curious and interested. And yeah, I'd love to hear about the different competitors that you've, you've seen and, and how everything compares and and what you're trying to do that's that's maybe different.
2: Sure. So um, in terms of templates, of course, Meme Factory is a basic template for creating just rare digital collectibles on mm-hmm. the Ethereum mm-hmm. blockchain. That would be ERC-721 tokens to be specific on what we're doing. Uh, but the, the biggest difference between all the other projects out there, um, most of them anyway, some of them are playing with this, is we're using token curated registries. Right. Which is a voting game of sorts where you submit something and you have to put up tokens and someone can match that and put up a challenge your deposit if they feel like it shouldn't be in the system. And then it goes up to a vote for all the token holders. And if you lose that vote, you lose your tokens to whoever challenged you as well as all the people who voted against you and vice versa. If the person who challenged loses, it goes to the submission person and it goes to all the people who sided with them. So we're, we're using token curated registries specifically to curate what actually gets in the meme factory, which is the biggest differentiating factor between most of the other projects. There are a couple others playing with TCRs as well. Token registries. Yeah.
0: Rare, rare, rare is, rare is messing around with those. The rare guys um, Mm -hmm. are,
1: and I know, um, some, some, a few others. Is that, um, is that TCR curating like the set of memes that are, what is it curating then? Is it, any meme or good memes or uh, rare you know
2: that's that's an interesting question really because what 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 makes a good meme that's very subjective right Right. so it's it's going to be very much so up to the people who are participating in our current meme factory polls that Mm -hmm. we're doing we have a survey d app up right now where everyone who is currently a uh, um, district network token holder <clears throat> can actually use those to vote on the design of meme factory.
0: Can I? Can I say that I, I had this fear? I had this fear with um, with archetype, and I would say that I would have the same fear in any situation where there's memes involved and there's voting <laughs> involved. Um, okay. And the fear is that because the community is already so um, specific, let's say. Uh um and meme culture has (laughs) has typically a specific bent um i want to say sometimes a racist bent sometimes a kind of disgusting um bent it's a fine line right and Mm -hmm. so i always had this fear um and i voiced this many times to the archetype guys like they're like well you know if 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 the community doesn't want it, I'm like, but what if the community wants it? You know, like what if the, what if the community decides that they want all the super racist, uh, that like hook nosed Jew with like, you know, holding his hands and the,
2: the, the worst memes. Yeah. 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 So,
0: so, um, but you know, I assume the answer is we just hope that that won't happen, but, but what is, what is the,
2: sure. So that's actually an interesting thing. Um, and, I think curation is going to be well, specifically curating with tokens and and TCRs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very new idea, and yeah. I I don't think they are going to work well without proper governance and having sure. some some type of like yep. community guidelines and and some type of. Uh, I, this probably isn't the best word, but some type of punishment system or <laughs> reputation system. Yeah, yeah So absolutely. people follow those guidelines, right? right. So yep. uh, in a nutshell, without good governance, TCRs just don't really work. And, right. and yeah. reputation is something we're really researching heavily right now, as well as um, Aragon is what we use for governance over all of our districts. That is mm-hmm. the, that's uh, uh, District 0x is powered by IPFS um, and I, uh, Ethereum and Aragon specifically. It's interesting
0: yeah. because reputation, this is sort of just occurring to me, maybe it's obvious, but reputation it's like um reputation for what, right? And and so you do have to have like some guidelines of like what makes a good reputation versus a bad reputation. Cuz unfortunately, cuz on 4chan, <laughs> you know, on 4chan a good reputation might be very is obviously going to be very 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 different than sure, what a good reputation sure. will be on a different Well,
2: let me let me let me ask you this though. like if you were to stake your reputation in in meme factory when it is also tied to another district where you actually have your livelihood Lance, on e right, 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 at right get work so that might make you like think twice about how you're actually acting on another one that's it a really has good some point. Un- I, I can see someone has actually brought up the the thing, like, what if someone accidentally does something that mm. affects their reputation, and now it, that propagates across all the other uh, uh, districts? That's kind of like, um, that's kind of a tough one, and, and again, I think governance is going to be important. I mean, that's how real life
1: works. That's true. It is uh, how real life works, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's a huge issue, um, unless there's like a bug in the code that does this, but like, <laughs> sure. if I accidentally do some shitty thing, like... I mean, that's how life works. Like, th- other mm-hmm. people see that, like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. whether i meant to or not, like, goes into their thoughts. But it still happened. Sure. Yeah sure. I mean, curation is, is definitely one of the hard problems of decentralized networks. Um, and reputation is definitely a subset of curation. And I think, um, yeah, I think uh, reputation is going to be so, so important for, like, the, you know, just how you behave on decentralized networks? Because again, like it's one of the only civil resistant uh, things you have is, you know, if you can spin up infinitely many identities, that's kind of the point of self-sovereign identity. Yeah. Um, but not all of them matter equally. Um, well,
2: the, there's also this, um, mm-hmm. when it comes to good governance, not all decisions should be put in, an, in, a, in a system of total anonymity. Some systems might, you may want people who are like known development teams in charge of important decisions or you might, uh, which is going to be a big thing with districts because those are the people actually building those platforms and putting in proposals to make a big change or development within a district. And Mm -hmm. if they put in Mm -hmm. a, a proposal for a change in a district in the Aragon entity, um, a, they're they're going to want you to know who they are. B, they're going to be staking their reputation on that decision and and proposal, and they're going to try and like gain like votes and people to actually vouch for them and go for it. So they're gonna um, they're gonna absolutely put it forth. So uh, token registries really work best when there's kind of a tiered system of you know like like Meme Factory polls right now. That's that's really a low stakes um type of survey that mm-hmm. we have right now right. where it's not a big deal if the design is like even horrible to be honest because a that could change later this isn't set in stone someone could have put in a proposal to change the meme factory logo or the website design or or add a whole new feature or a new auxiliary module and and that's that's absolutely something that can happen so mm-hmm. um <laughs> And that's the cool thing about what Aragon is building is you could even change the entire governance structure and, and it's hot swappable, really. You could be like, yep. well, we want to try um, uh, quadratic voting instead of liquid democracy, or we want to try um, some reputation staking, or we want to have a tiered TCR system where you actually have to do KYC at the very top. Or there's so many different things you could do. Yeah,
1: I'm so excited for Aragon and hot swappable governance. Um, it really is it really is i think one of the best uh things that's come out of the whole decentralized ecosystem is the ability to experiment with like radically different governance models that don't involve you know overthrowing a government and murdering the state <laughs> yeah um, and worst
2: case you can just fork it
1: <laughs> yeah exactly it's like you can fork <laughs> you can fork the government now like that's cool yeah. and it it really is it really is interesting from like a a, a governance evolution standpoint Um, it's really hard. The feedback loop on experimenting with different governance models is on the order of centuries, right? It's like democracy is a 200 year old. Well, I'm American centric, but, um, 200 year old experiment. Right. And we're still not sure how well it works. We're like, it works pretty well, but you know, we haven't tried everything. It's so
0: interesting. I think about that so often, right? Because it's like, uh, there's that quote, whatever it is, like democracy is the worst form of governance except from everything else that we've tried, yeah. you know? And, and I always think, and this is so, because this is the first that I'm hearing about this. I didn't know that what Aragon did, and, and I don't know anything about this, but um, this idea of this, this sort of lack of imagination that like you live under a certain kind of governance your whole life, and it can make it hard to even imagine any living any other way. Yep. And um, and so this is you're right. This is a really fascinating way to like just sort of speed up the evolution of like, whoa, this works really, really, really well in this particular instance. Like, mm-hmm. we sh- how can we adapt this to 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 work in other other times? You, right, you totally.
2: mentioned you mentioned this specific instance. That is, I think, one of the coolest things for me mm-hmm. with districts is. Okay, let's let's say you you want kind of a low-stakes sandbox. You could put in a district proposal for something that's complete nonsense even and right. just to just experiment to with it. a governance model. I love that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And, that's uh, rad. That's that's fun and really kind of world-changing. Huge, and the other yeah. thing is really like political theory dates back centuries and right. we really the, – the cool thing is is a lot of the exact – we're not really doing anything new. The only thing new I think that decentralization adds is the ability to fork a government and everything else. The political theory is almost the same as it's always been except for the mm-hmm. fact that we get to try some of the things that have been blackballed, buried in the past and and things we just can't try because because politics has slid everyone one way or another regardless of your opinion you just kind of have to deal with it
0: well and like you said the stakes are lower you know like you said the stakes the stakes are not
1: they're different you yeah, know? can they're, be, yeah they can certainly be lower and yeah like if if the if the u.s government wanted to try something else um obviously it's a big deal the like, stakes yeah. would
2: be just a little bit <laughs> higher yeah it would it would probably take decades just to even get anyone to even say yes or no let's try it in this one small region
1: yep <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey. I mean. I guess that's kind of the trend. Is we're working on it, right? Like that's how political spectrum shifts over time. Is right. Especially in democracy, which is designed to resist change. Like it takes it takes years. That's just kind of a fundamental part of uh, how the how democracy specifically works. Yeah. So
0: so meme factory. Um, what sorts of things can you tokenize onto meme factory? What's the
2: <laughs> well. technically anything because it's Uh, just IPFS, right? Right. I mean, you can, you can upload, you can upload a whole movie to IPFS, right? But our, of course our, our um, meme factory will have some limitations, but I mean, if, if you really wanted to, you could like, you could fork meme factory and, and have entire movies uploaded. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, that basic framework could be used for anything that you could possibly think of. So, Um, so, so. (laughs)
0: When you yeah. uh, on, tel- on Telegram a little bit earlier, we were talking about it, and there was something that reminded me of this idea that I had the sort of idea that blew my mind when I thought about it in terms of with archetype, but I think it would be the same with meme Factory. The mm-hmm. idea that I had was like uh, to tokenize bad things that okay. that the GOP does. And then, so, like, every time the GOP does something really awful, you know, like, let's say, puts kids in cages. Lies about
1: 3,000 people dying, that sort of thing.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, take take just that idea that, like, that, that Trump uh, denies that 3,000 people died in Maria. You tokenize that idea and then you sell it on the marketplace and then you take that money and you use it to s- send money to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. That's, that was like sure. my, my vision of, of like a way to tokenize memes in, in a way that, that sort of excited me. It was like, Oh, like any, because it's like, it's like you feel so power- powerless a lot of the times when these things happen and be like mm-hmm. a, a really interesting way to just to take the concept of something right. that happens, tokenize yep. it Yep. And use it to affect, and use it yep. to materially affect change. Yep, surely direct sure. action. Yep,
2: especially if there's like a marketplace component, and and let's say, everyone, let's say you want to put up a, a proposal in one of the marketplaces and say, well, I want to have a proposal to connect, take a percentage of everything that's sold on this district and give it and, and partner with like a one of the blockchain uh, charity programs specifically to fund that endeavor that you're wanting. And it would automatically and transparently send it to that publicly known address every right. time you buy a meme. Um, that could a- absolutely be done in Aragon. You would be able to just put in the proposal. If everyone likes it, they vote for it. And, and there you go. If everyone doesn't like it, you can like, you can... F- fork and well <laughs> do and do your own that right. on, a, on another one so right that's that's the cool thing is uh i, I think it, it gives people that freedom um i think the hard part is forking an actual community not so much the code though so that's that's the tough part
0: yeah, yeah building a community is always hard right i mean that's that's the one
1: thing that that makes me really excited about the the charity notion is um a big part of um you know, donating to charity is that you, uh, you get that good feeling and you get a little bit of recognition. Um, and definitely like the large philanthropists, um, obviously, you know, may not do it entirely for the recognition. And obviously many of them don't, but it's, it's undeniably a part of that. Um, is that feel good you get, but having a token as a sort of proof of donation, mm-hmm. um, like I, you know, I, I have, so like one, it's a political statement of your own that I have this, this piece of information, there's one mm-hmm. of them, I have it. And it also kind of as a side effect, serves as proof that, yeah, I donated X amount of uh, dollars to this cause um, in a you know, direct action sort of way
2: it um, doesn't even have to be really direct it could be a very passive right. thing and say well i i'm i'm a participant in this district and a, and 10% of everything it does totally. uh, goes to this charity hmm. and that's and you have this little token badge just because you're a participant in the governance or something and, yep, and yep. Maybe that could even work as like a key that unlocks like access to other things because that's the cool thing about tokens is tokenized token, access yeah token controlled access so right yeah that's something that's we extensible. haven't talked about at all yeah heck yeah. you could you could even gamify these things it's it's amazing really it's mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to even wrap your head around all the possibilities really
1: yeah yeah this um i someone had mentioned this to me before but the idea of um using harbinger tax taxes on char- charitable donations is also really interesting where the ownership of a token implies that you pay a tax based on your value of it. Hmm. Um, but obviously someone else could buy it from you at any point in time and pay a higher tax. And obviously this tax goes to the charity of choice. Right. Um, and so it's like, I am the first place donor and that's the token that moves back and forth or something like that.
0: How, how far along um, is Meme Factory in its development and do you have any sort of timeline for... Um, for when it'll be available to sort of just the general
2: sure i can kind of give a, a rundown of where we're at um i don't have an exact eta um it's that's hard to do you of yeah developments yeah it's, it hard doesn't to do always in blockchain
1: specifically as well
2: uh, under promise <laughs> over deliver that's that's the best way to do, do right. anything right. anything really um so but I will say where we're at right now, we're doing the meme factory polls right now, which is how we're distributing the meme factory token for its TCR. So all the district network token holders are voting with DNT, uh, and 80% of the meme factory tokens are going to everyone who participates in these polls. And this coming Monday is the last one. And then, uh, sometime after these polls, we're going to distribute the token and you can actually look on GitHub and, and see all the Different modules and contracts for Meme Factory, and, and see in real time where we're at. Uh, a good chunk of it is pretty much done. We have, of course, the the polls right now are all the front end stuff, so that the front end is ready to go. A lot of the back end smart contracts are well on their way. Uh, we have audits of a lot of those uh, being done right now and have been over the past couple months, so we're well into the audit stage of, of the majority of it. So um, I don't have an ETA, but we're really close to launching. Nice.
0: And so you so so in swimming so factor you have this to, what's the token called?
2: Uh, it's actually called Dank. Dank. Okay. <laughs> Hell <Okay>. yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the token Hell is yes. called Dank. Yep. I would
1: like to own exactly four hundred and twenty of them. Yeah, right. Well
2: <laughs> Well we you you can uh probably go to the faucet faucet here and, and slowly just get yourself. Yeah, yeah. get, get yourself some. <laughs> and get just yourself, turn it off, <laughs> Get yourself some dank. Turn it off. Um and so
0: and so you'll have these tokens and then there will also be the tokenized content as it were that'll be erc 721
2: here's how meme factory is going to work um we we don't like squeezing people into a a little token box on a d app that's just that just creates unneeded friction if someone wants to buy memes on meme factory and collect memes and use them or if there's a a game later down the road that develops like a meme factory battle ground or something something like that like how'd you know about my app (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you you don't want to create friction no. so we're right. just using eth so you want to buy memes you use eth make it easy and in fact we've already committed to using the zero x protocol to where people can use any token to to buy things on any so the, of our, our our markets
0: so dank is solely for the staking, TCR. for for the tcr for for Curating. Staking and curating and things like that. Ah, I see. So that's
2: just for governance participants who want to actually curate, govern Meme Factory itself. Then you buy with ETH. And then the public who just wants to see this cool curated list can go to Meme Factory and not even care about it crypto at all. Right. And they can just see this cool curated list uh, theoretically higher quality, uh, list of, of memes and artwork that people have submitted, which we, we actually have some professional artists. You can see it in our recent blog posts. Some of the work that they've done, uh, they aren't just, uh, trash memes. There's people like actual artists getting involved. So it's, uh, it's almost looking more like an art platform than it is just a meme platform. A lot of them are memes, but, um, yeah, it's it's becoming uh, very artistic. And uh, a lot of people have in our community have a, an expectation of the visual quality of our marketplaces and everything we produce. And that is definitely coming out in the meme factory community as well. Does this
1: end up working similar to like the meme economy subreddit where well, I, I guess the meme economy subreddit isn't functional at all. You just kind of joke about buying buying memes. But
2: it's definitely inspired by that. Um, okay,
1: fantastic.
2: Uh, as well as cur- curation markets um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in general and uh, uh, some of the work that Simon de la Riviere is doing uh, yep. as well. So that this has all been a huge inspiration as well as even like Rare Pepe and pretty much everything that you can possibly think of, like a lot of the tokenized art, that's it's all coming together. It's just another iterative approach that we're taking that's just a little bit different because... We want to make things as decentralized as possible, so we're taking TCRs to run with that just a little bit more than some of the other projects are. Totally.
0: Well, and I would say that I would say the other the other differentiation, because you know, so so we're you know we talk about all these different platforms all the time, rare and super rare, and what Dada is doing, and um, you know, bits and everybody, right. um, but it seems like. One really important differentiation with you guys is a very distinct possibility of all of the dis- different districts kind of buoying all the other districts. So it's like right sharing uh, their network the network effect, sharing the network effects of having all these different. Like you said, you you know you have your profile on Ethlance, which affects your reputation on Meme Factory, with which affects your reputation over here, and all of that being. Um, uh- I do want to mention
2: the cross-district reputation thing. Um, We have not committed to anything yet because there's too Mm. much up in the air with blockchain reputation systems. So we're in the research phase on that right now. But it's an idea. Right. But that that's the important thing with the auxiliary modules is to make sure that if something did get implemented as an auxiliary module, it, right. it is cross-functional for all districts. But we haven't committed to anything in terms of auxiliary modules other than the 0x protocol one at the moment. And uh, once we have like a solid model for everything else, then we will, of course, announce that and, and move forward. But that is the idea is to make things cross-functional as possible. I mean that mm-hmm,
0: that's mm-hmm. that part sounds really exciting to me. I mean that's a, the the idea of a sort of WordPress model uh, is is maybe the most interesting thing um, just in terms of the novelty of the approach um, right. from 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 all the different uh, versions of this that that exist out there
1: currently. Yeah. So I, I have a question for all the starving meme artists out there: um, <laughs> Can I make a living on Meme Factory by by making really good memes
2: you know I, I was actually talking to the uh, uh, dieter at, at uh, crypto kitties a while back ago on on my on my podcast that I do and he was uh, I, I actually asked him that same thing can do you think uh, people are gonna be making a living playing blockchain games and I mean I think because of the nature of of market volatility and prices and crazy the craziness yeah. that is crypto I don't think you could definitively say yes or no because it's just it's insanity right mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't be smart to like stake your entire living
2: oh shit <laughs> oh shit wait <laughs> someone should have told me that earlier yeah yeah no so you can't you can't really do that because uh, a is this is nothing is certain with all this. We're we're experimenting with new governance and new platforms and new ideas and and everything could just go away. There might be some like zero day exploit in every computer on Earth that just renders Ethereum useless tomorrow. We know, we don't know what's going to happen, right? So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's 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 hard to say. But I do know that we're the the development models of a lot of the blockchain games are are nothing short of fascinating because um i do know people that have made a living just like you know playing with all these different blockchain games and blockchain apps and and it's it's fascinating but i think you it's a skill like any other skill so um but i do see even a lot of games moving in that direction like you have a lot of the tournaments for for like uh Oh, I can't think of just a lot of the esports tournaments that are really yep. springing up now. I mean, people are really making a good living doing that, right. and yep. Yep. and I think once these blockchain games like really graduate to that next stage, like some of these right. games that are coming out this year, uh, and there's some good ones. I'm seeing some really nice blockchain gaming work done this year. Um, I feel like when that matures. Then we might be able to definitively say yes or no, especially yeah. if something is like has a stable store of value, even if it's just tokenized U.S. dollars or or Dai or um, MakerDAO or whatever you want to try and roll into your system. Sure, then then maybe that gets clearer. Yeah,
1: for me it seems inevitable um, that so because as it is like with gaming today, you can make a living um, both through. Like in-game economy uh, stuff, and then you know trading through secondary markets. Um, that's how like gold farming works. Now it isn't very fun, but uh, that that can you know there's a, there's a an economy enough to support uh, an entire person person's living. Um, and the the key like thing for you know blockchain plus gaming is that it just opens up these in-game economies to what I guess people would consider a real economy. Um, Having true digitally scarce things, um, and that that just puts the ceiling so much higher. Um, like people like to say, like, oh, TF two is doing you know thousand dollar hats and like so and so Fortnite skin goes for X dollars. Like once we have true digital scarcity, like that ceiling is so much higher. I think
2: I think it's that's a tough one for the traditional gaming community right now. They there's a lot of there's like politics in the in the gaming traditional gaming development community that is holding back a lot of them from even diving into this like you wouldn't see blizzard doing this in the next several years they just won't
1: i think i think the the opportunity is going to come with um like small to medium publishers experimenting with it um i mean you can you can kind of already see this happening with like gamer token engine uh wax and all these other like there's another one like unicorn Unicorn gold doesn't matter, they're all doing the same thing, which is you know, uh, digitally rare items, uh, unified in game currency, and um, building you know, it's ideally a real game publisher building a game because that's the hard part is building a game. Yeah, I mean, the game has to be good.
0: I mean, that's right. Like the the version uh, that we we always talk about authenticity being the key for making an NFT valuable. You know, a, a game is not valuable unless it's good, so. You know, it has to be a good game. I
2: think what excites me about all that is uh, when something works really, really well, the user experience is just nailed with something that's in Unity that anybody can can pick up and run with and just add as a plug-in into their game, mm-hmm. and it, I don't know, ties to... Uh, a. A crypto debit card for people and it's just really easy to get involved with that world i think that's when we're going to see something really powerful happen uh because then any any game developer like i have friends developing really small indie games right now and they even tell me well i don't really want to do it because i i'm having a hard time just trying to wrap my head around my game much less blockchain and all that but if it was this little thing in the unity store and i just clicked it and it's in my game sure i would totally do that
0: absolutely that's a good point ecosystem benefits yep
2: and and circling back to VR i think VR could benefit greatly more so than average games. I mean, the yep. esports stuff is—that's is, cool. I think that could really go somewhere cool. But uh, in terms of like making a living playing games, but I think the VR community, um, there's a lot of individual like asset creators who have yep. been in in like Second Life, and they're yep. used to that that whole digital economy hmm. and and digital assets long before any of this ever happened, and. A lot of them won't publish their stuff in VR because there's not a way for them to have like agency over their creations right. and, yep. and, and really like have the benefit of publishing it. So they just they don't need
0: that true they need that true digital scarcity so, layer so
2: now we have things like Decentraland, then we have things which is also has a district proposal in, uh, then oh, we have cool. things like high fidelity, which they already have their own cryptocurrency and an asset market that they're launching where the assets are going to be tracked on a blockchain. And then once we actually see something that's plugged into unity, then we're going to see things like VR chat and Alt space mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and all the more mainstream VR, social VR platforms that are out there really start, uh, having like an item that's like cross-compatible 100
1: percent. yeah uh I, now that you mention it like vr has such a i guess native use case for digitally scarce things because um, the, the 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 key theme for me is like digital scarcity is is bringing how we interact with physical things um like that sort of that whole the institution of like i have a pen and it is unique bringing that into the digital realm like is is even more obvious with VR where it replicates physical space as well. So that makes a ton of sense to me. I'm really excited. I'm you know what I'm very excited for? The the world of digital fashion design. <laughs> the the world of digital hype beast fashion design.
2: Well, like, that's, that's, that's been a thing in, in yeah. uh, second life for a long time. I mean, digital fashion is, uh, is, it's been in second life, but the yeah. cool thing now is like, we have like 3d printers that are able to print like types of fabric to where you could like buy something in VR and then hit print and then take off your headset and it's sitting right next to you. <laughs> Ooh,
1: Ooh, living in 2030. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: I think what's really interesting for me about uh, tokenized digital scarcity and VR, and the fact that it's further along than most other gaming environments, mm. is the fact that uh, it, it is like kind of prototyping that connection to the real world in in a digital space. Because soon we're going to have uh, like holograms in our in our real space right. that you almost can't. You know they're they're gonna be opaque and and you're gonna not be able to see through them and it's gonna have be this hologram that's right in front of you. I mean, like all the uh, the hol- the uh, hololens and all the things that are coming out like that, that makes all the VR work that's being done now like y- easily to transport into right. something that isn't VR because that's everyone's complaint is I don't want to yep. put on this headset and be in a virtual world. I want to sit in my office and beam my friend next to me and talk to them in person, which is going to happen. And the cool thing about digital scarcity is now if your friend hands you something as a hologram, that is actually something they're handing you that that only exists right there between you two. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that will that will actually happen. That's a
0: whole different sort of future vision of what of what an NFT could be.
2: Yeah, huge yeah. implications for huge musicians implication. too. Yeah, So, yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, you could hand a digital guitar that is like one of a kind to right. to a fan and be like, "Here, this is my digital guitar that I play in Alt Space. I'm going to get a new one, and I'm giving you this one." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yep. it
0: changes. It changes the it change because right now we talk about this a lot, like the value of of a crypto collectible. Is pretty limited in terms of like what it what it actually can do or actually can be, right? Um, but a future that looks like that brings a whole other set of values to the to the fore, which is really sure. It's
2: like it's kind of like our talk about ENS names earlier. It's like yeah, right now ENS is kind of. Not a lot of people really care about it. Not a lot of people use it unless they're an Ethereum enthusiast or trying to teach people about it. Uh, but that's that's the same thing. Later on, ENS is could be used for a lot of extensible things and expand to your imagination. It's only limited to your imagination. And it's the same thing with uh, digital scarcity as well, I think. So, mm.
0: uh, Matt. Are there going to be any talks about ENS at the uh, event that you are uh, planning?
1: Thanks for the segue. Upcoming. (laughs) (laughs) Upcoming
0: in San Francisco in a few weeks. Uh, Yeah,
1: I think there will actually. Um, um, Someone, I forget who, I can check the schedule, uh, is planning on talking about um, ENS names as non-fungible tokens. Um, And for background, the event is the Non-Fungible Summit. Um,
0: Non-Fungible yeah. Summit nice. Ooh, we
1: needed a theme song, yes
0: Non-Fungible
1: <laughs> Summit Non-Fungible <laughs> Anyway um. <laughs> And, and, and yeah. just,
0: just give us the yep. Give us the where and when, where, when uh, is it?
1: October 12th in San Francisco um, It's at the General's Residence in Fort Mason it's a very cool building We'll have um, 1 to 200 I think it's 150, I don't know um, Whatever the building limit is um, people there uh, will have some really good talks. The talks are, um, they're not about products. They're about uh, solving problems and interesting metaphors and interesting mechanics in the context of products. Um, and so we're going to have some really cool developer-focused stuff, um, really just builder focused. So it's not developer-focused, but it's also not high-level um, waste of your time. It's, it's very deep-dive. It's, it's yeah. practical. And it's are come dives. away
0: with some real like knowledge some real hundred percent
1: so yeah, like cool. people from ideO are talking about narratives and stories um, developers are talking about unique ways of um, transferring nfts there's there's gonna be some really cool stuff and it's it's a great way to get the whole like digital ownership non-fungible token community together um, partnership with the ECF and build eth so yeah it's gonna be really fantastic so you can sign up um, I need to make sure the domain works but non summit dot org.com we have all of them so just pick one.
0: Um, <laughs> and um do, so can you can you preview like so ENS is on the Oh my what, goodness w- w- we
1: should totally get an eth domain. All right, I'm going to do that right after this. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Why um, didn't we do that? Oh, I already registered it. You don't get that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm going to go use name bazaar and register non-fungible summit that ETH.
2: Yep. Too late. <laughs> well, we, we get to be on a bidding war that's actually Ooh. the cool thing about is bidding new names is it is like a public bid once you put it up and then yeah there's I, even
1: a twitter feed of of new bids on names it's really scary like on on dot coms you just you know no one has it you click buy you're done yeah um on ETH, it's like much more uh, egalitarian where you have to you know there's a chance for someone else to want it more than you
2: i i wish the uh uh top level domains actually worked like that because we have the dot music stuff that's really a heavy debate right now and uh-huh. and, and this would fix that problem right except it would kind of suck because it would be he who has the gold wins but i don't know i guess that's that's
1: yep yep I yeah i mean know. that is the issue with like stake-based voting and stake-based uh um, yeah yeah, really yeah just absolutely. stake-based anything yeah you pay to win yeah, I think I
2: I think there has to be so the cool thing about Ethereum is there has to be something that we can learn from all this in the near future with reputation and governance to yep. where it isn't just he who as the gold. There's actually like yep. reputation and levels, like multi-level TCRs, all that stuff.
1: Reputation is hard to pay for. Yeah. So Brady,
2: do you
0: have any personal projects or like a like one personal project that you want to? Um, plug here as we sort of wind down? Something that you want to tell everybody about? Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm actually constructing a district proposal right now that is Actually, already basically a district. I just uh, I'll be at a little bit of an unstructured and uh, informal one. Hmm. But I I am interested in watching uh, District Zero X expand out and mature because there's a lot of functionality of every district like uh, that that I want to use. So right. I'm, I have a, a project called Sessions that I've done for the past couple years now, and Sessions is just an open collaboration project. So, um, yeah, I have a Discord server for sessions, and I'm basically going to be experimenting with everything under the sun that is crypto and non-crypto just to try and make uh, the creative arts endeavors of me and my friends and anyone else who wants to join uh, just a little better. I mean, easier to ex- learn about new things, easier to try new things. And I'm going to be using marketplaces and and trying to create jobs and mm-hmm. use fun bounties and um, actual jobs on Ethlance. I already have some jobs on Ethlance for just basic video editing, but I'm going to be expanding this out. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of centralizing it all in my Discord channel right now.
0: And is sessions focused on music specifically, or is it, is no, it collaboration um, across, across many disciplines?
2: It's kind of a copy and paste of District 0x, right? Like a, okay. a session is like a district, but okay. it's a creative project instead of a marketplace. Gotcha. Oh, interesting. um, Yeah. And if you join, uh, you'll notice in the District 0x Discord, um, if you watch one of the recent live streams, I gave a a high-level overview of all the channels that unlock. Because when you first join, it is a welcome channel, a rules channel, and a general chat channel. And Mm -hmm. as you level up, more and more unlocks. And there's even a skills-based channel system and Hmm. role-based, like self-assignable role. And I copied that into the session server, so you can actually say, well, I'm a graphic designer. Right. I'm a developer. I'm a musician. I'm a live streamer, and you get to pick these roles and join these channels. And if you want to start a session, um, or in the case of District Xerox, you want to start a district, you can easily f- have a pool of talent that you can select from. Right. When building your got project. Got my developer.
0: Out. Got my designer. Yep. Just. Oh, and great. I'm trying to make it all as
2: easy as possible to, A, learn about this structure, standardize it across multiple different communities so people can have that same user experience regardless of what community they're in. And sessions is kind of my my experiment with copying that, that open source structure of District 0x, which we are going to be open sourcing our operations eventually, too. We're in the process of doing that. Actually, I'm writing a lot of the documentation up this week.
0: Amazing. That sounds really cool um matt do you want to just plug the the um the summit again just give that to people one more time
1: yeah come come to the non-fungible summit Woo-hoo! <laughs> october 12th san francisco oh yeah dot eth shortly not it's shortly yeah ideally before the podcast comes out dot
2: eth i was gonna say i did want to plug one other thing if musicians are interested in what I'm doing with the VR music performances I'm not trying to make this a me show I'm trying to also standardize the whole VR performance like mm. setup right now to where anyone can kind of run with that and the the bar owner quote-unquote bar owner um, the the great pug in VR chat is um, <laughs> uh, owl boy is the owner there and he is one of my friends that has done a lot for me to try and construct the show that we do every other Thursday at uh, we do it at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific in VR chat at the Pug. And I want to get other musicians to do this, not just me. There is currently two of us there that perform, uh, and and I would like to get more involved as well. And uh, that sessions is kind of the community I am using to to curate people and get them involved in this. So if you want to a come watch a show on Thursdays at seven Pacific uh, and, and see what I am doing, I would. I, I want to get other musicians involved too.
1: I didn't realize there was a bar that I could go to on Thursday in VR.
2: Yeah. Just don't lean on the counters because you will right. fall through them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Incredible.
0: So uh, you can find Brady on Twitter at Mick M C K M U Z E.
1: Yep, McMuse. Mick
2: Muse.
0: Mick Muse. You can find Matt on Twitter at Matt G Condon. You can find me at Song a Day Man. With two Ns. With two Ns. My my initial song offering.com is still ongoing. So if you want to um, pre-purchase a song of Day song that will eventually be a rare digital collectible, uh, pre-purchasing sort of helps me fund the development of it. That is still a thing. Please find us on iTunes. Just search Digitally Rare on iTunes if you don't and subscribe there and leave us a review and a rating because that really helps us, um, really helps us. And I was thinking, if you leave a review, if we get like, let's say we get for every 10 reviews that we get, if this is a thing, I will turn those reviews into a little song. I'll take I'll take the hey. words, I'll take the words nice. that you you write. Uh, about oh,
1: dangerous proposition yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah well uh yeah disclaimer like no uh racism or anything like that uh bad things yeah no bad things <laughs> but anything that's not a bad thing i will make it i will make into a song so for every 10 reviews i'll take 10 reviews and i'll turn it into a song the next 10 Amazing. reviews i'll turn it into a song so do that and then you'll get a song
1: I want to it. own this this Song of Day collection. Exactly, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I really want right to own now. this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait until you get all 10 years. Yeah, me neither. Me neither, man. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> so uh, that's it for us. Thank you for listening. Brady, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, and we'll see you next time. Next time.
1: I'm